Want to know the single most important thing you can do to strengthen your immune system? Improve your gut health. More and more studies demonstrate the important relationship between gut health and healthy immunity, as well as the ability to have consistent energy and mental clarity. Ahara Botanics is our personal line of products, including probiotics to support gut health, digestive enzymes to support digestion and nutrient absorption, and proteolytic enzymes to support healthy joint and muscle function, tissue recovery, and circulation. Visit aharabotanics.com and use the promo code HEALTHY10 to get 10% off your first order now. That's aharabotanics.com with promo code HEALTHY10. So today we have a special guest who, before we actually started recording, I realized has been a friend and colleague of mine for probably over 20 years. His name is Sean Wolfe, and he's a wellness therapist with 22 years of experience helping clients overcome physical and emotional pain to improve the quality of their daily life. Sean is trained as a massage therapist, personal trainer, heart math life coach, and is certified in over 20 additional techniques. Sean is currently four years into a seven-year Taoism and medical Qigong program. He was previously a senior instructor for the Bowen Academy, where he taught internationally. Sean is the owner of the Body Restoration Clinic, which is located in Santa Clara, California, and he teaches his signature class, Cultivating the Self, online. He wants you to know you can have a joyful life physically and emotionally. We love that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank, thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, guys. Welcome to the Natural Healing Podcast, the show designed to guide, inspire, and empower you to elevate your health so you can achieve your goals and dreams. We are your hosts, Dr. Satara Mawafi and Salvador Cephalou, a husband and wife team of acupuncturists and owners of A Center for Natural Healing, an integrative wellness clinic based in the heart of Silicon Valley. We're here to make the ancient wisdom of healing practical and accessible for your modern lifestyle. So Sean, we really want to know your story. Tell us a little bit about your background, your path, how you got to where you are. So my background, I was originally an auto mechanic. And how I got into body work was I hurt myself as an auto mechanic. And I started going to physical therapy and it was just seeming like it took forever because it was a thumb problem. I, I was at a point where I could not brush my teeth. I couldn't pick up a fork because it hurt so bad. At that same time or about that same time, I was actually getting my first black belt and we were starting to get into healing with a black belt. And so I just started extra research on, okay, how can this be? I looked up acupressure. I looked up different types of massage, just books. 
as well as what I was doing. And I ended up for the most part fixing my own thumb. At that same time, I was just tired of being an auto mechanic. So looking for a new career, I figured, okay, I'm going to go become a massage therapist. So I went to massage school and um, went to massage school, got certified in massage, started doing massage in a PT clinic, then moved to the decathlon club where we met. As I started doing massage, though, I started realizing people kept coming back for the same problems. And so I started again, kind of going back into my working as with the PT clinic. It's like, okay, well, people need to learn how to move different. So I went and became a fitness trainer. And then, so I started kind of employing both of those in the work that I do. And then um, just from that point, I started getting into different types of massage that would be more effective, different types of physical therapies. Like I'm trained in the Agoski method, which is postural correction. I'm actually, I trained for quite a while in Pilates and I trained a little bit in gyrotonics and all of these different methods to try to get people to learn how to move different so their pains don't keep coming back. So I got pretty good at doing those things and then got to a point where at a certain level, the pains still kept coming back. Started realizing, okay, wait a minute emotions start to have these are starting to affect these people's problems and the way people think. So I went and I got trained in hypnosis and I got trained in NLP. And then some weird things started happening with a couple of my clients that made me kind of question other things. Like I had people come in and be able to tell me exactly what the person on the table before had wrong with them and what I did to help them before they ever knew <laughs> Or they never saw the person before that, that was on that table before. It's like, all right, I want to know how to do that. So then I started, <laughs> so I started training in energy work. And so just between all of these different things, they all kind of led me into like the program that I'm doing now, which is the Taoism and the medical Qigong, which honestly actually kind of incorporates pretty much everything that I've learned previously. So, but honestly, I feel like more at a more complete level. So that's kind of the history of how I went from just doing body work to corrective exercise to thought process type training to energy work. And right now I incorporate all of those. And Sean, when I met you, you had told me that you uh, were a senior teacher or you had been for the Bowen technique. And that really perked hooked up my ears because I was a body worker before I got into Chinese medicine for about eight years. It was a, a, a system that I'd never had learned or even had experience receiving. And I had heard some wonderful, amazing things about it. So could you tell us about your background with the Bowen technique? So with the Bowen technique, how I discovered that was I went to a massage convention and the guy who ended up being my instructor for this, he had a booth and he was just calling people over. He goes, hey, let me fix your shoulder. Oh, you're having a problem with your knee. And he was, he was really good at assessing people on the spot. But then he would bring people over and he would just do these things that look like little flicks. And at that time, I was only doing deep tissue massage. And I was like, there's just no way. This guy is, you know, he's paying these people or something. <laughs> um, 
Because you but were actually the, seeing them walk off improved, huh? Yeah, yeah. He, he would he would ch- test their range of motion, and and yeah, they had significant increase in range of motion. But it was enough to intrigue me to really go, okay, what's going on here? And at that same time, I was at working as a massage therapist at the Decathlon Club, and they went. They, they were paying for part of your continuing education. So I figured, all right, I'm going to go sign up for this class, then pay for it, because if it's really the nonsense that I think it is, <laughs> then I didn't waste any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, right. You know, I, I went in very, very skeptical with this, you know, belief in, in, in this, that this could even possibly work. And it um, that first class, I have decently good palpation skills. And as we were doing these practices and just touching these these little spots and then waiting for a couple of minutes before we touch somebody again. And then when we go to touch them again, it's like that entire area just melted away. It's like there was there was no tension. Hmm. And from that point, I was like, why am I working so hard? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and that so that was my original thought was this is all I have to do to get people to loosen up. Why am I working so hard? Why am I not going to do this? And then, you know, so I signed up for the second class. And by the second class, I was so impressed with, with the results that we were getting on practicing each other. I actually asked, what does it take to teach this? So from my second class, I, I was so impressed. I was actually ready to start teaching, you know, and I still had plenty of classes to go before I even got certified. But what, what happens with Bowen is you're stimulating the nerves that regulate muscle tension and muscle length. And by stimulating those nerves, it basically causes an inhibition response in the muscles and causes the muscles to relax. And because I'm dealing with the nervous system, I'm also stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system, getting their system to calm down, getting them to relax. It significantly helps with people who are highly stressed and I hardly literally hardly have to touch anybody Uh, in an entire Bowen session so if I did a 45 minute massage and a 45 minute Bowen session and a 45 minute massage for about 45 minutes I'm touching somebody in a 45 minute Bowen session I might touch somebody 10 minutes wow yeah and you're able to work over their clothing and I completely work over clothing and it's just, it's one of those things where 99 out of 100 times, people will get up off the table going, oh, wow, I feel so good. I feel so relaxed. I feel, mm-hmm. walk, they'll walk out of the clinic. And, and I'll just, most of the time I will let them do this because I don't want to ruin their mood. They'll walk out of the clinic without paying me. And most of the time, 10 minutes later, they, come, they have been sitting in their car and they come back and go, I forgot to pay you. <laughs> and, and you know otherwise it's like i'll get them next time they come in it's like oh yeah you didn't pay for last session <laughs> first the next session but but people just get so relaxed because it stimulates the, the nervous system to just calm down i can say from personal experience having worked with you personally and also a mutual friend of ours pam pam harlow uh-huh. who also does bone or did at that time i was going through chinese medical school at the time and we were learning acupuncture and all of that. And I would literally do Bowen and just feel like my entire nervous system unwind. Yeah. And it, was, it became like the supplemental therapy. And now when you're actually talking about it, I'm wondering why did I never 
pursue studying Bowen. I don't know what derailed me from that path because it fascinated me so much at the time. And still, when you talk about it, I can literally feel in my body what it's like to experience those treatments because they are, and you said it perfectly. It's like watching someone flick little points on the body Uh and then watching everything just melt away. I don't know why it's not the most popular body work technique in the world. Well, you know, people have been taught do more, more is better. That's right. Yeah. And, And so when people, even people who have come back four or five sessions, they're, they're like, I'm not sure about this. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel better? <laughs> yeah. Because it's right. but then who cares? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's yeah, so it, it's, so little can do so much. It is very, which is why I was so skeptical in the beginning when I learned it. Um, or, you know, before I learned it, but yeah, it, it's just, it is the primary muscular release modality that I still use. And, and I learned it in 2004, I believe is when I started learning it. Mm-hmm. And, wow, you were really advanced at the time that I worked with you. So I know it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's not easy to master, I'm sure, but it is a pretty amazing. Well, well, and that's the funny thing is it actually is. It's ridiculously easy to master. Compared to most other therapies, it's amazingly simple to learn. I would say when I was teaching, probably 60 to 70% of the people that I taught were people that just wanted to work on their friends and family. They oh. didn't have any bodywork skills whatsoever. That's, that's wonderful. At some point, hopefully, uh, we're going to be having these types of simple techniques just part of our upbringing, you know, whether it's yeah. through the family or something that's instituted in our educational programs. Oh, because, that would be wonderful. Because, you know, like, like you're saying, if they're so simple, then you know, we could learn these things as lay people. Mm-hmm. And you can do it yourself. That's what's so cool about Bowen. Yeah, I, I do work on myself virtually daily. Yeah, and, and even if it's just, you know, okay, I woke up and my neck is just a little bit stiff, I can just kind of, all that's right, right, that's a little bit better. I can get going. That's right. Amazing. It makes you wonder, like, why we tolerate so much discomfort. And maybe you can speak to that, Sean, when you were talking about the connection between the mind and the body and the emotions and how all of these physical symptoms erupt because of an emotional root. Well, what I will tell you is that a big part of, in my clinic at least, why we tolerate the pain is because we've been taught that's just what happens when we get older. Yes. So... I've had patients in their 30s, Sean, that tell me they're just getting old. Right? I've had patients in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> just right. like, I'm just getting older. I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> because the conditioning is that as you age or as you go through time, I should say, as we move through time, the body ails. And the reason it does that is because the more time you spend in the body, the more you have to like attune and adjust the body. And most people don't want to make the effort to do that. Right. That's yeah. Or, or a lot of them, a lot of them don't know how. We've yes. been, you know, we've never been taught. And then once you get a pain, then that starts to actually affect your emotions, right? If, if you hurt, you tend to not be a very happy person. Right? But it also works on the opposite side. A lot of times when you have things that, that emotionally drain you, that will start to tense up the body. And, and the, the example that I always use with my clients is if you're driving down the freeway 
and all of a sudden you see the lights flashing behind you, what happens to your body? You know, you're like, oh, what did I do? And, and you start to tense up. Mm-hmm. But did anything physical happen to you? Mm-hmm. It was nothing but a thought that created all of that tension in your body. Mm-hmm. And then so what happens if, those, if you pull over and those lights go right past you? You just kind of go, oh. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's relief. And nothing physical happened to you. And so it, just think about that if you're having stress, you know, whether it's a personal relationship with your, you know, a friend, a, a spouse, family member, a coworker, and you start to stress, those things will start to affect your body. And then when you start to have that tension in your body, you start to create limitation in your movement. And then you go and you play your weekend warrior tennis. And then, you know, you freeze your shoulder. Or you throw your back out, or because you were already tense to begin with, but your tension cr- was created mentally to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and that's what I started to recognize as I started doing the the exercise and the body work, and kind of still running into people going, "Wait a minute, this isn't enough. Something else is missing here." And so that's why I started doing the the different techniques as far as like the energy work and the NLP and heart math and things of that nature you know, to start to help people change their mindsets. We should touch on those things too. They're, they're interesting aspects of uh, bringing awareness into our lives. The heart math. And uh, what was the first one that you, you mentioned there? NLP, heart math. That's right. I wanted to ask you about the NLP. So neuro-linguistic programming you know, is a very powerful technique. Anthony Robbins uh, kind of like, I think, started his career using those types oh, of things. I think okay. so, yeah. Huh. And you so you can see where that's gotten him. <laughs> right. And he's helped a lot of people. I don't quite agree with his methodology, but it is rooted to a, a, what I recall uh, to a great extent on the, the work of neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, could you touch on that uh, so our audience could get a little insight? In simple terms, that's basically teaching you how to think different. You have things like pivots where it's you start to become aware and recognize, oh, I have this thought going on. Well, I recognize that this is happening, but this is what I would like instead, right? And you start to just, you shift your mindset is really all it is. It's a shift of mindset. The trick with all of those types of techniques where you have to do the work is the awareness. And that's even, even with the Taoism, you know, it's, Without the awareness, you have no place to start, mm-hmm. right? So you start to make people aware of, are you, are you listening to, to the way you're saying this? Are you listening to the way you're saying this? Are you listening to this? Well, how can we change that so that it would be more beneficial? Mm. So you're helping people become more aware of maybe the, the language they're using and things of this nature. Yeah. And I mean, like one of the simple ones that I do with people all the time is, you know, I, if I teach them an exercise, they go, oh, that's hard. Well, well, how easy can you make it? Uh-huh. These simple open-ended questions start to get your subconscious kicking in and going, well, how easy can we make this? Mm-hmm. How easy yeah. could this be for me to achieve? Well, and like yeah. you said earlier about how much of our thoughts produce our re- responses, and yeah. our reactions, and even physically, somatically, how we experience the moment. Mm-hmm. If we could just shift and become aware of those thought patterns. 
then we can actually relax our response or actually start to respond instead of react, which is what most of us do is react. Right. When I'm working with, with my coaching clients, one of the first things that I start with them is ask yourself these three questions. When a thought pops into your head that's creating stress, is there anything you can do about that in this moment? If there is, go do it, because then you're taking action. Get done, be done with it, get it out of your system. If there isn't, you ask yourself the next question. Is there anything that I can do that can get me to the life that I want to live? Okay, that could be reading a book. It could be doing a meditation. Okay? If you're not in a space that you can do that, well, then the third question is, what can I do right now to have fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and in majority of situations, if you go through that process, that works to get you out of a funky mood. Because then at the very least, you're, you're doing something to have fun. Right, now, you're, whether, taking, you're taking some action. And you're and taking maybe, action. And hopefully you're, you're, you're taking your mind off of what's wrong. You know, in working with patients, they often will come in, they'll have perhaps a laundry list of problems <laughs> and concerns. And then they come back, uh, say a visit or two later, that list is getting shorter and shorter. And some people are just focusing, like when you ask them, so how are you doing? They're just focusing on what's wrong. They'll never address like, well, this is better. And I'm so much so grateful. Like, I'm, this is better and this is better. And when you're just always focusing on what's wrong, it doesn't seem like anything's ever getting better. <laughs> so it's right. like, <laughs> yeah, well, you're amplifying what's wrong too by focusing yeah. on it. Yeah, I, I've had those clients come in and say, I have this problem, I have this problem, I have this problem. And then the next session they come in and they go, well, this still hurts. It didn't really change. Oh, well, what about this problem? Oh, but I don't remember having that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, know, you, you know, wrote it you know, down. That's right. You wrote it down. We have proof. You know, it's, it goes back to that saying, what you focus on expands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you want to expand in your life? Do you want to expand, you know, the misery or do you want to expand the, the lightness and the freedom? Right. And it takes a mindset shift to be able to do that because we are conditioned the same way we talked about earlier. Why do we experience or why do we allow ourselves to experience so much discomfort physically when we don't have to? A lot of that's just conditioning. You know, and I'm, I'm working on not doing that. And like, and yes. here's a perfect like personal example. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, I found out that money was being taken out of my account from a PayPal oh. account. And so I went to the mm-hmm. bank, you know, and I filed the stop payment or whatever I had, the the paperwork I had to file. And two weeks later, double that amount was taken out from the same PayPal account. Uh And so, and I found this out like first thing in the morning, I checked my accounts and it happened to be the one day that the bank doesn't open till 10 (laughs) o'clock. Right. So I'm like, okay, I got to go to the bank. I got to, you know, close this account and, you know, make sure nobody's taking any more money out and see what I can possibly do about getting the money back. But I had a good three hours before the bank even opened. And so I actually went through my questions. I'm like, okay, there's nothing I can do about this right now. So what can I do to get myself closer to, so I went into my meditations and you know, every 15, 20 minutes, it's like, oh, the bank thing would pop up into my head. I'm like, but there's nothing I can do about this right now. So I'm gonna continue doing my meditation, you know? And so it's like practicing what I preach as best I can, right? And one of my friends, 
I was talking to her when, um, right before I went to the bank and she goes, Oh, doesn't that just make you mad? I'm like, why, what good is it going to do to get mad over this? No matter whether I'm mad or I'm happy, I have to go and try to close my account. I have to go and deal with the situation. So why am I going to let myself be grumpy and pissed off about this? You know, just, I'm going to go deal with it. I, I don't necessarily have to be, you know, ecstatic and, you know, totally joyful, but I'm not going to get upset about it. You know, it's like, okay, something I got to do. Let's go do it. Let's get it done. Let's get it over with. Let's, you know, make sure it doesn't happen again and and just be done. That was really awesome example of how you can use opportunities like that as a way to practice your awareness and practice the tools that you have right. rather than just, you know, let yourself slip into that, that martyr or that victim yeah. mode that, that's so easy. I mean, that's the easy way out really is to just do that and just let, let it ruin your day and let it cycle into this whole negative spiral. Mm-hmm. Or you could just be like, okay. And it just takes, like you said, the awareness. If the awareness is there, you have the tools and resources. Yeah. You just have to choose to pick them up and then create the shift. And the more you do it, the more opportunities you allow to come in to do things like that, the more that new mindset becomes the norm rather than just, you know, the exception. Yeah. The more often you do it, the more you create the habit of doing it. Just be in the moment. And it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those things that they do teach in Qigong and in the Taoism. It's like, be present, pay attention to your surroundings, pay attention to how your body's moving and what you're feeling and, and try and do that as often as you can possibly do it. And, And when you lose that, you know, sometimes those accidents kind of remind you, it's like, hey, pay attention. Yeah, Yeah, Sean, one of the themes that we've touched on our past couple of episodes in our podcast is to integrate the whole concept of Qigong in our daily life, to just Mm -hmm. be conscious, to be present with your breath, be present with how you're moving, how you're moving your breath, you know, so yeah, when you're watering the garden is another opportunity. Yeah. And sometimes and, that's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best ways that I have truly found to practice that is just over a year ago, I started riding a motorcycle. Mm, oh, absolutely. And if you want to talk about having to be aware of everything going on around you, yeah, that, that's, you have to be aware. Yeah. Well, we're, we're a step down from that. We got a couple of electric bicycles. <laughs> they're like, they're like mopeds. I mean, you're, you're, we're booking at a pretty good clip. Now, I prefer to ride, you know, we're not riding in the middle of the road. So what happens? You're riding on the side, right? And when you're next to parked car, people could throw their doors open. And the very first time I got on that bike, somebody did that. (laughs) It was just like, okay, there you go. Lesson learned, you know, pay attention. And uh, it's the best you can do is to try to just always be aware. Yeah. And then just try and take that into everything you do. Like I have a couple clients that are so proud of themselves and I'm actually proud of them. They, they meditate for an hour a day. I'm like, that's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do the rest of the day? Mm-hmm. Do you take that with you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or how, so about this? how about this? Because people who are meditating so intensively, they could be very withdrawn, right? Because they're very comfortable yeah. in that space. Are they just holding their emotions in? Are they expressing themselves? You know? That too. Yeah. One of the things that happens when people are meditating to a great extent is they get a lot of stagnation in their in their body, especially in their center. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of times because they're taught to meditate to supposedly let things go, right? But their version of letting things go is actually suppressing. It's not letting it come up. And one of the things that I always taught is anytime an emotion comes up, it comes up to be released. Every time you start to feel scared, every time you start to feel angry, feel it as much as you can. As long as you're in a, a safe place to express it, feel it as much as you can. Let it out. Let Be done with it. You know, Sean, that's a very Taoist thing. And I know you're pursuing Taoist studies. My experience in, in studying the philosophy of Taoism, it, rooted in, in my teacher's uh, perspective, of course, is Taoism is, well, we practice acupuncture and it's a very provocative practice. So if a person is, say, is overreacting, if their body is overreacting and you have, let's say, maybe an autoimmune condition where the immune system is overactive, now you, you have to be careful with provoking the body. You're really Absolutely. trying to settle it down and put it back into latency so they can recoup and recover some energy and, uh, and, and stabilize their condition. But otherwise, when a person is not in that type of situation, you are provoking the body to release. And uh, if those conditions are rooted, you know, I would say you know, most of the time it's rooted in some emotional issue, whether it's just like you know stagnant anger or grief or something, yeah, we're trying to move that stuff. And I often tell them, don't be surprised if all of a sudden this stuff start, starts coming out. You know, let your family know that you might, <laughs> yeah. be, uh, you might become a little bit more expressive of, of these emotions. Yeah. And yeah. And I always, I tell them, you know, especially if I have an idea that they might go through something like that, where it's going to be very intense. It's, you know, make sure you're in a safe space. If somebody is around, make sure it's somebody you feel comfortable with. It, worst case scenario, try to call me. If, you know, if yeah. I if I'm if I'm around and I can answer the phone and you're having this issue, I'm more than happy to be on that phone with you while you go through it. This kind of leads me to to uh, ask you about the heart math because th they've developed some technology. In fact, I think they've developed it here in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I in think Boulder Creek, yeah. In where is it? Boulder Creek. Boulder Creek, yeah, right. That's not far from here. And uh, could you tell us about the heart mass? Because they're about like really monitoring the stress response. Yeah. So one of the things that I love about having the, the electronics of heart math is you get people that come in and go, oh, I'm not stressed. And, you know, they're having these problems that are, you know, very clearly associated with stress. And basically what happens is they are so conditioned to their stress that they're almost numb to it. And so what you do is you hook them up to this thing, which basically measures their heart rate variability. And you can go, okay, look, this is what your body's telling us. You know, it's, you may not think you're stressed, but your body is not relaxed. You know, and, and as far as the heart math techniques, majority of the heart math techniques are really, um, they're breathing techniques. They're, they're ridiculously simple breathing and, and imaginary type techniques. But they're simple. It's uh, like to the point where it's almost like the Bowen. It's kind of like, really, that's going to do something. Um, but it does. And and the great thing about the having the electronics to be able to to measure the body and the heart rate variability is you can actually see the shifts in the heart rate. You can see all of these different shifts on a computer screen, which is really cool. But um, it's also something that you can 
take a basic online class. You can, they have several different types of books from several of their instructors. A lot of their breathing techniques are similar to a lot of the stuff that I've learned in hypnosis that I've learned in the Taoism and the Qigong. It's, it's, you know, slight variations, but it's very similar. And there's how many different types of breathing techniques out there for various things. But yeah, so the, the heart math is just, I like it because it really shows somebody, look, at this is what your body is telling us that you're not really recognizing or, yeah, okay, you really, according to your body, you're really not that stressed. Okay, so what else is going on here? Yeah, because it's good to get like the in the moment feedback. And sometimes people need to be shown data, especially if people have not done a lot of cultivation practice and a lot of body work mm-hmm. and things like that where they become more aware of the connection between the mind and the body and the emotions. It's nice to get that, that, you know, the numbers or the data or the heart rate variability to show them where they are. And then it makes them more aware. Yeah. And it also helps them to be able to pay attention to what they're feeling in their body. You know, and, and that's actually one of the things that I love about Bowen too, because I touch for such a little amount of time. People feel, it's like, oh, I feel this release. I feel warmth here. I feel a tingling here, which you wouldn't feel during a massage because you're so focused on the person touching you. Different types of techniques that get people to really start to pay attention to what's going on with them. Well, also, you having done deep tissue work, you know, sometimes, you know, people are pushing on those trigger points and it may be hard to relax around that, you know, if they're not like, you know, properly allowing that to happen. And then also just, they're just a lot of times just moving that pressure around the body, you know? So it's like, yeah, this area release, but now I'm feeling it down here. And that does happen when we work because when you're releasing, the body is trying to, to move that energy out and it's going to be going out towards the extremities. So a lot of times let's say they're stuck in their hip, and it could be that day or the next day or later that all of a sudden their knee is stuck, right? Because that's where, that's where the energy's jammed. So you just have to keep moving it along. So that does happen. But yeah, the deep tissue work, people, you know, they take it too casually. And I've seen a lot of people who were really quite weak and depleted getting that deep tissue work. And then they're just exhausted. I'm like, yeah, that was too strong for you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And one of my pet peeves is, is trigger point work, the way it tends to be taught. Because if you look at the true traditional trigger point manuals, I actually have these highlighted in my clinic so that I show people. It very specifically says in the trigger point manual, do not cause pain. You know, keep it at a mild discomfort. Don't cause pain. And people are being taught, it's like, no, you got to dig and, you know, it's okay yeah. if the tears are coming out of your eyes because right. it hurts so much. <laughs> I like everything to be pleasurable, even though, you know, with needles, sometimes the points aren't so comfortable going in. But not to keep like focusing just on Bowen, because I do actually want to get into your whole Taoist study in a, in a minute here too. But I, one thing I, that you mentioned that's very true, that's kind of beautiful about the technique is the space to feel in between the times that you're touched. And that's so important to kind of recognize how little space we give ourselves in our lives to just feel. 
And so a session like that, because you're right, most people go to massage and the whole time they're being touched. And it's like, while you're being touched, you don't really have time to process what's happening physically. Then you leave and then you still have all of, you know, you have to take time to feel those things. Yeah, that's one of the great things I love about uh, going to the acupuncture is, you know, I have all that time to experience all these things that are going on when things are moving. And I've learned to love about certain types of body work. And, and those are kind of the ones that I only go to now <laughs> is it's like, yeah, I have that space to, to I can feel like, oh, yeah, that quad is letting go. And oh, this is you know, doing this. And oh, there's a little bit of a tremble going on here. And oh, this emotion popped up. And you know, okay, what do I have to do? You know, do I have to do anything with this? Can I just let this release? Where, you know, where is that coming from? You know, and, and just being able to experience all of these different things because you have that space to do it. Exactly. And that's exactly right. When you trigger the movement of chi, you need space to process what that feels like. And unfortunately, a lot of modalities that people employ very often, like massage, and not to say anything bad about massage, it's a wonderful oh, no. technique. Right. But you also, I think when you do things like massage, you have to allow yourself the space afterwards to process. And this is, I think, the problem. And even when you go to therapy and do different methods like that, you need space to process your experience. And fortunately, in techniques like Bowen and in acupuncture, you have time to rest on the table, you know, kind of untouched and unbothered for a little while for that to happen during the session. But I still tell patients, like when you leave the clinic, make sure that you don't have a lot going on. Don't jump back into work. Don't, don't jump into like some difficult conversation. Let the body just feel and move through what you've gone through. So I'm glad you brought up the aspect about the Bowen, about how much space people have, because that's, I think, a really important integration for people for, with any kind of therapy that they're doing physically or mentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. So Sean, we mentioned that you're four years into a seven-year Taoist study. Can you tell us what your experience has been so far and what you hope to come out of it as the years go by? So originally, the program was to actually become a Taoist abbot, which means that I could open up my own temple. So the year that COVID started, we were supposed to go to China to become ordained as priests. So that obviously has not happened. And he has kind of sort of shifted the program a little bit from the standpoint of the ultimate goal as far as like becoming a Taoist abbot. But the material that I get from that is just, with all the other stuff that I have done, it is still tremendously life-changing. It is interesting because there are some of the things that I learned from the Taoist philosophy that I've learned in things like NLP and the hypnosis and the heart math. But honestly, in the Taoist program, it's almost like it's more complete. Like they add something to like whatever this technique may be that was missing from these other programs that I learned. And it makes the technique more effective. It's amazing from that standpoint. But then my instructor is also... Um, He's a Tai Chi and a Baguazan Sifu. So he incorporates, so with a lot of the Qigong aspect, he incorporates a lot of the martial arts aspect, which 
in my opinion, allows you to feel the Qigong even deeper in the body. Because with martial arts, you do also have to have that type of sensations and, and movement of the body. And so he incorporates that stuff in the, the Qigong exercises, which again, when, and then when you go into sit still in the still meditations, it allows you to have so much more sensation in your body. So, you know, when we do something like one of the things that we do is we go over like a hand meditation and we sit there for half hour, 45 minutes focusing on your hand. And what are you feeling in your skin? What are you feeling in the air around it? Where, can you feel the blood flow? Can you feel the bones? Can you feel the nerve conductivity? And it allows you to actually start to really be able to, uh, maybe I, I think I might be able to feel those things. You know, might be my imagination, but I might actually be able to be feeling these things, which is really cool because that also translates into my body work because it actually makes me so much more sensitive when I touch somebody to, to actually be able to feel where is their energy stuck? You know, where do I feel like their body isn't moving properly? And being able to just literally just like touch them like this and feel down into their toes if I'm just touching their arm. So it just, it makes my sensations hypersensitive to be able to help other people. Which is what you need as to be a great practitioner is to be so attuned in your own body that you transmit that into the client that you're working with. Yeah, especially when it comes to the medical Qigong type stuff and energy work, you definitely need to be able to do that kind of thing. Balancing your yin and yang energies can shift mental, physical, and emotional patterns that would otherwise lead to accelerated aging, illness, and disease. The microcosmic and macrocosmic orbit meditations help circulate energy through the primary source channels of yin and yang, known as the Du and Ren meridians, to bring greater clarity and vitality throughout your life. For a limited time, you can purchase my one-of-a-kind guided introduction to both of these Taoist meditations for just $36. Visit our online store at acenterfornaturalhealing.com forward slash shop to begin your transformation through the microcosmic and macrocosmic orbit meditations. That's acenterfornaturalhealing.com forward slash shop. You know, Sean, it's like you've been doing this work for for some decades now. I have some decades of experience. And isn't it amazing how you go to these new levels of awareness and um, you always feel like you're just beginning? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. really, it's, it makes it so, uh, you know, fulfilling and, and rewarding and, and uh, interesting to, to practice. Yeah, you, you learn some new way of looking at something that you've been dealing with for 20 years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I've never thought of it that way. Oh, let's yeah. see what we can do with that. Oh, yeah, new insights always are, are coming. And it's, it's, it's a fascinating journey that's really endless. Yeah. And the more you cultivate yourself, it's really beautiful because then that transforms how what you're giving and how you're giving to others. Being able to re relate personal experiences. And even when I'm teaching somebody how to do a meditation or a Qigong movement, it's, okay, 
think about the things that you can feel for that, that, you know, you might feel something like this, you might feel something like this. And having experienced it myself, being able to go, okay, that, you know, this, I can relate a little bit better to what they're going through. Right. Yeah. And you're able to cue them in more effective ways. too. Yeah. And it's the same thing going through, you know, the emotional processing that you go through with, you know, the various things, the various different types of modalities. It's when you have gone through it, it's like, okay, I know I can relate to what you're going through, at least to a certain degree, at least from my experience, but it's something similar. Right. So Mm -hmm. I, I can relate a little bit better to what you're going through and say, okay, so this may have helped me. So let's see if there's, if I know something that may help you process this a little bit better, a little bit easier, maybe a little bit faster, but you can't really do that if you don't do the work for yourself. One of the reasons that I, I started my, the class that I teach now is I, I was teaching an energy class where I would teach people how to read people's energy. I would teach people how to see auras, things of that nature. And people would always take that class because they were therapists or they wanted to help other people. And then they would email me a couple months later and go, I'm having a problem with this and this. I go, well, have you done this yourself? No. So I started the class that I, that I teach now because people will always do something to help somebody else, but ne- neglect themselves. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, have you done your work? Okay, well, it, maybe it's time we start that. And I think as a teacher and practitioner, we're challenged to constantly have to look at that within ourselves. Oh, yeah. Because it's you, right? Because if, yeah. you, if you work a desk job or you have whatever, maybe you can get away with that. You won't feel as good, obviously, but you can get away with that without it showing up every day. Yeah. You know, because our clients and our patients are our mirrors. And when they're not doing well, we have to kind of look at what are we not doing for ourselves to help them in their healing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I always tell my clients is, you know, one of the reasons I know this is so much easier for me to remember to do is because I have to basically tell people every day, do this, do this, do this, right? (laughs) So you're teaching them, you're teaching yourself while you're teaching them, reminding them. You're reminding yourself. Yes. One of the great things about, about doing this with people in the clinic is I practice with them. So, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to teach you this exercise, but in order to teach you this exercise, I actually have to do this exercise. So I get a little bit of extra practice in myself at the same time, you know, and then to tell people, try to find 10 minutes a day, just 10 minutes in the morning to do this. But if I can't find that myself, what right do I have to tell them find 10 minutes? Right. So making sure that I, I, I really am practicing what I'm preaching to the best of my ability, you know, life sometimes does get in the way, but then, okay, life is now out of the way. Now I got to get back into my practice as quickly as possible because it's what I do for a living. You know, when somebody's just going to a desk job, it's very easy to go, I'll do that later. Oh, I forgot today. I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I forgot today. I'll do it tomorrow. You know, so, you know, we live in one of the most frenetic areas in the world right here in (laughs) Silicon Valley. So it's easy to make that excuse, but Something I was just telling a, a friend is when a person values something, they will figure out a way to do it, whether they figure out how to finance it or how to find the time to do it. If they value it, value if they value it, they will find a way to do it. And sometimes it just takes learning to value ourselves. Absolutely. And our, 
willing to then invest the time and energy and money and whatever it takes, whatever resources are needed to nourish ourselves on a regular basis. Because I can do most of the body work on myself. I typically, you know, do. When I can't, I would go to, you know, one of my students that I've trained that does work in the area. But then one thing I also recognize, and one of the reasons I started coming in for acupuncture is it's like, I need to be able to have my regular routine, my regular checkup on things that are going on. And, and yeah, I can do most of this stuff myself, but every now and then we always need help from somebody else. I totally agree with that. hundred percent. We feed so much into other people that we need people to also feed into us. Well, that's another thing, you know, the work we do, it is going to be draining, whether it's physical or, or emotionally, psychologically draining. We have to help recharge ourselves. Those are important things to yeah. do for our, our own self-care. Yeah, which is another great reason to practice what you preach, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Sean, to finish up, would you be willing to share maybe one of your favorite techniques that we can all practice together so we can experience a little bit of your work? Yeah, I won't say it's necessarily one of my favorite, but it is one that I teach all of my clients to do this before they go into meditation. So one of the things that I've learned about meditation is where you come from is where you're going. So don't use your meditation to get out of a bad space. Go into your meditation in a good space because then you get more out of it. So teaching people how to get into a good space. So I'm going to do this a little bit at a faster pace than I normally would with somebody, but, you know, so we can finish things up a little bit quicker. But so what, what I do is this is called the deep thrill exercise. Okay. And so what you do is you either go into a memory that you had that, that you felt really good, whether it's really happy, really joyful, really loving, just some kind of feel good memory. Okay. And if you can't come up with a memory, go, go and use your imagination and, and put yourself in, in a situation in your imagination where, yeah, this would feel really good. I would be really happy I would, and feel those sensations. Okay. Then what you want to do with that is start to get into your body awareness. Where do you feel that in your body? Okay. Because some people will feel these in different areas. Okay, most people will tend to say it's somewhere either in the chest or in the stomach for most things. So what I do is I ask them, okay, now use your imagination, take that feeling and push that down into your sacrum, into your sit bones, and push it down there and push it down as far as you can and just feel that good feeling in your lower dantian or your your hips and your, your lower belly. And just feel that and let that feeling build up as much as you can and let it build up as much as you can. And if you're having a problem building it up, pretend like you're a Coke bottle that's closed off and start to shake. So start to shake your hips, wiggle your hips a little bit. Okay, start to shake that up and you start to just like a Coke bottle, you'll start to build that pressure and build that pressure until it starts to come up the belly, starts to come up to the chest starts to come up to the throat. And when it gets into the throat, then we need to release it. So like we're going to open the cap of the Coke bottle. But when we do it, we're going to let it out with the sound. So you're going to let it build up, build up, build up, build up. And when you're ready to let it go, you just go. Go ahead and do it. (laughs) I'll eat a little dog and I'm just... (laughs) 
I don't want to freak her out. Yeah, She's a little nervous. <laughs> but if, if, if that doesn't get you in a better mood because you're going and feeling the, the good sensations, yeah. I've had it with, at the very least with most people, just that, that last sound at the end is silly yeah. enough to make them smile. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? You're saying if you can't feel like you can anchor yourself, then let it come up and release that pressure. Yeah. Well, the preferably you let it build up mm-hmm. and you just build it up and build it up. And, and literally like a Coke bottle, if you shake a Coke bottle, oh, you build, oh. it builds up, it builds, the pressure builds up and then you open it up and you let it out. Oh, so you do want to finish it with the release. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's powerful. So I had the microphone on mute and I did do the sound and it was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) While little Simone here is trying to get our attention. (laughs) But that's pretty awesome because you feel, I mean, I'm very visual. So Uh it's like I can go there pretty quickly. But like you said, it was in my chest because you said chest or stomach. And then you said to draw it down and then start shaking it out of the hips and back up. Correct. Uh And then release it out. So are you just trying to get into that like lighter phase with it? Exactly what you're trying to do. Get into a lighter space. You don't, you don't want to go into your meditation really, really heavy. Like, oh, I'm sad. I, need, I, you know, I want to use my meditation to be happy. Get yourself into a lighter space and then go into your meditation. So that way your meditation is already starting off in that good space. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, That's moving, a very cool technique. You're moving that stagnation. Yeah. That's nice. And not and being aware of how you're starting your meditation because I think most of us just go in and just sit and go okay what's up today yeah or I better do this because I'm supposed to (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly where can we all find you online and connect with you and experience your work so my website is www.bodyrestorationclinic.com there is no the, it's just bodyrestorationclinic.com. And my clinic is in Santa Clara, very close to Santa Clara University, if the people wanted to come visit in person. If you want to email me, uh, info at bodyrestoration.com. And we'll definitely link that in the show notes. And as we close our discussion today, what is one thing that you want to leave everyone with? What is the one idea or something that to spark their awareness as they transition away from this discussion? One of the biggest things is simply ask yourself, what can I do right now to have fun? Mm -hmm. Enjoy your life. Mm. Sweet. We often don't think about that enough. Isn't that funny? It's like the most simple thing and we don't think about that often enough. That's a little bit sad, But, but good to have that awareness. Yeah, Sean, it's it's great to get to know you more, and uh, and I look forward to experiencing my first Bowen session with you. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we want to hear from you. Visit a centerfornaturalhealing.com forward slash body restoration and let us know in the comments what you found most intriguing about this connection between the body and mind. And thank you for listening once again to the Natural Healing Podcast. And we look forward to next time. Bye. Thank you so much, Sean. Oh, thank you guys. That was great. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Hey, if you haven't already done so, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. 
This ensures that we can share this invaluable information with more listeners just like you.